Welcome to Meaningful Meditation for Life, hosted by Dr. Erhard Vogel, who has taught among the Himalayan sages for the past 50 years and is recognized around the world as a master teacher of self-realization. On this podcast, we invite you to discover his teachings, guided meditations, and classes. You'll return over and over to your favorite episodes in the archive and continue to grow with each new episode. This is the Fundamental Meditation Series. You'll learn meditation and self-realization from a master teacher. You'll learn the importance of knowing who you really are and experiencing a life true to yourself. This podcast series reflects just a portion of the eight-week program with Dr. Vogel. For the optimal experience, please start with week one and follow along for all eight weeks. Each week will begin with a class and be followed by a meditation. Let us focus, please. You gather all your faculties onto your center, regulate the breath, send the signal to relax, be present unto yourself. By now it's a one fell swoop, you can do that, right? So anytime during the day, when you are aware that you have become unaware of yourself, hmm, sounds like a contradiction, but it isn't, then you just choose to be aware of yourself again. And lovingly, kindly, find yourself worthy of this attention to be with yourself. So that's what we're doing this evening. We're taking another step to become even more expert at being the beautiful, empowered being that you substantially, essentially, fundamentally, and really are. So let's get with it. Good evening, everyone. Now I'd like to ask again, um, when we're sitting here, I want to see everybody's face. So if you don't see my face, I know you're hiding from me, so I'm calling you out right now. Okay. This is the fundamental meditation series. Do you know the fundamental that we are aiming at living here? The what is the fundamental? <coughs> How many of you know? Some of you don't know. How come? Okay, those who know, inform the others, please. What is the fundamental? Yes? Our being, our essence. So yes, we're, yes. we're, we're aiming at our being? Pardon? We're aiming at our being? We're aiming to be aware of it and incorporate it in every day. So to live in accord with the being that we are. That's the fundamental. So um, there is a quote. This is a book that I wrote in 1991. It's called Self-Healing Through the Awareness of Being, which I think is a really nice title. 
It's a very interesting book. I read a few pages of it once recently, and uh, I found it really interesting. Uh, so the principle of the fundamental, you, you all would benefit greatly by knowing this principle. It states here, when we place our attention upon the details at the expense of addressing the fundamental, the workings of the details as well as the experience of the fundamental will suffer. Would you like me to repeat that? Yes, please. When we place our attention upon the details at the expense of addressing the fundamental, the workings of the details as well as the experience of the fundamental will suffer. What does he mean by that? Why does he say that? Does anybody have any ideas? Uh, Mrs. Temple. Well, when we do anything and we forget who we are and we don't give that to the, the real being that we are, then whatever we do suffers and also the experience because our experience is not there of being. Okay. Experiencing our true self. Right, right. So often we, yes, fine. Well, I just had a, a little thought. It's like the seven men that examined the elephant. Uh-huh. One said it was a tree, one felt the legs. leg, and one said it was a snake, <laughs> and he felt the trunk. Uh -huh. And one said it was a wall, and he felt the side. If you are just focused in a narrow way, um, then you will not see the, the, the totality, the reality. Mm -hmm. So you said earlier, as a group, you said the fundamental that we're aiming at here is the experience of the being that we are, right? Now, why did he you know, go through the work of writing down the statement the principle of the fundamental. Yes. Rich, it's because all of us are so into trying to accomplish the details at the expense of the fundamentals. Right. So, so often you might say, I don't have time to take care of this right now, this thing about being me and being true to me, being attentive to me. i got work to do. I, I got children to take care of. I have a nagging wife who distracts me. Or I have an, uh, a childish husband I have to take care of. Right? Things like that. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm just kind of quoting what I usually hear. You know? I thought you were talking about me specifically. Oh, no, no, no. No, not you. <laughs> No, you're big daddy now. 
He sent me a picture of his son who's now, what, 15 months? Yeah. Just so precious. He's just incredible. Yeah. So anyway, getting back to the fundamental, your mind needs to be, be, become informed that the fun, its fundamental task is to relate to you. Now, not a you that it creates, not a you that rumor has created, but the you that you are. Right? Because if your life is addressed to somebody who you are not, can that happen? Yes. Uh-huh. If that happens, what happens to you? You're left out, right? So then you wonder why you feel so impoverished and so isolated and so lonely and so empty and so on. Because you're left out. Yeah? So the principle of the fundamental is, is, is really the, the most important thing. To, to live in accord with you. Hmm? Now, I was thinking about this. I think I talked to you about this recently, that when I relate to you, I relate to you as the being that I know you are. And I sometimes say to folks in, in individual uh, spiritual guidance sessions, I say, uh, when we address some of the malfunctions of some of your or dysfunctions of some of your um, faculties, your mind or your emotions or so. I'm very non- unattached to that and so should you be. The perspective is you are the limitless, all-pervasive, eternal source of all self. So you can sit back with that attitude and say, well, okay, but my mind may, may sometimes function in the forgetfulness of myself. And I can understand then that the mind is dysfunctioning. As soon as it does that, it's dysfunctioning. And the results will be inevitably harmful or negative or at least dysfunctional. Right? But I don't, I never see you as a dysfunctional being because you're not. None of you are a dysfunctional being. All of you are to be treated by yourself and everyone else with the utmost respect. If your concept of God were to sit right here in front of me, I would treat this God thing no different than I treat you. Because I have the same respect for you as I would have for God. Do you understand? Now, do you relate to yourself that way? If not, your faculties are dysfunctional. They're not functioning correctly. Hello? Yes. Yes. Did you notice all of a sudden it got still when I said that? How come? Did anybody have a problem with that? Anyone have a problem with me? <laughs> with me saying that? <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> what? No, it just it, it just sent me to um, remembering a, re- a recent occurrence when I was operating in a dysfunctional manner. Hmm. And then yeah. 
I mean, in fact, I was aware of it in the in the moment, and then making a choice to let it go. Now you see, the thing is, when you can see, and I would say in a way, I know what you're saying, but if you learn to say, my faculties are operating in, then now you're still responsible for the f operations of your faculties, so we're not saying you're being irresponsible or you're not assuming responsibility when you say my faculties instead of I. But you know, it's your faculties who, is operating, who are operating in a dysfunctional manner. Mm -hmm. right? When you have that kind of perspective, you don't go around, when you notice that, you'll say, this is what's happening, I see that's dysfunctional, thus I do something about it. As opposed to castigating yourself and calling yourself bad names and being really angry at yourself and so on, then that wastes all that energy by diverting it into that negative modality. Do you see? Now, I treat you with the honor and respect that the limitless self deserves. The limitless self is the source and essence of all. If we're not going to respect that, there's nothing left to respect. And I come from the, a fundamental uh, conviction that you are ultimately worthy. You're worthy of all. And thus you're worthy of consciously and eternally dwelling in the glory and the power and the beauty of being that you fundamentally are. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. Thus, I think, you know, I consider you worthy of self-realization because that's what that is. And I consider you worthy of the guidance to get you to self-realization. I also consider you worthy of your effort to get you to self-realization. Do you see? Now, of course, for you to consider yourself worthy and to respond to that worthiness by dedicating the effort to bring yourself to self-realization, that, of course, is pivotal. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Ken? We're at a critical moment. Can you right now just forget about that? That should have been taken care of. When, whenever we are at a critical moment, folks, please don't do something else. Okay? This is a careful moment that we're get, getting at together. Because, look, have you noticed the past few weeks I've really been emphatic about you creating the experience of self-empowerment of by fulfilling your determinations, your determinations that you've made for yourself in full integrity and to dedicate your faculties, uh, in fact, your life to self-realization. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think you are worthy of living true to yourself and having the limitless joy of the experience of yourself in eternal consciousness. Now, I know when I say eternal consciousness that maybe, maybe none of you have had any even moments of experiencing yourself in eternal consciousness. 
You understand? However, I think most of you understand what I'm talking about. Right? Okay? So, living true to yourself, I've said to you before, is not a mere some option. You know? But it's the very meaning and fulfillment of your of your life in the human form. Do you agree with that? Yes. So now if you agree with that and you do the workings that we share here, right? And the carefully constructed program of workings you can feel assured that success will, is thereby guaranteed. How many of you have, have recognized that already? Okay. So some of you seem a little hesitant, but that's, why is that, Richard? I'm not saying you were hesitant, but why is it that some people seem a little hesitant with that? Fear of being fulfilled. Fear of being eternal and self-empowered and limitless. Now, did you notice, was it last week or the week before, Richard was in that fear? Do you remember that? Yeah. Last week. Did he sound that way this week? So what did you do? I upped my game. You upped your game. <laughs> He, st he stepped up to the line. <laughs> yeah? I just made a determination to be true to myself. And uh -huh. did um, more, more of the yogas and the meditations than, uh, that I had missed out on, on weeks before to make a stance to myself that I am. Yeah. I'm living true to this. So, you, so in other words, you, you stopped being sort of semi-non-committed to it, right? Have you noticed, and this is something I, I've noticed through a lot of experience, the things that I'm speaking about now, and when uh, the past few weeks when I was talking about your determination and your, you know, your contract with yourself, your promises to yourself and integrity and so on, some people find that really inspiring and helpful. Mm -hmm. And some people find that really a, a terrible, uh, he is pressuring me. Threatening. He, threatening, you said? Yeah, yeah even threatening me, <laughs> and i got to get rid of this guy. <laughs> right? Do you know how many threats of my life I get weekly? <laughs> Depends on the class we're in. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm kidding with that. But you know what I'm talking about, right? right. Do you see how what, what, what I'm doing here, you can consider inspiring, gee, you know, he's relating to me as the limitless power of being. And somebody else may consider it as an undue pressure. Right? What's he trying to do to me? He's trying to make me do this and that and that. Right? <laughs> So, it's a hint, because 
a certain person, one of you may go through one kind of an attitude one time and next week another kind of attitude or even tomorrow another attitude. But when you find your, when you find the workings of being true to yourself as hard work or a pressure, what does that indicate? It's the ego who's making the pressure and the, the hardness. Nobody has ever suffered from being fulfilled, right? The, that's a good one to remember. <laughs> no one has ever suffered from being fulfilled. The suffering is due to your attachment to unfulfillment. Your attachment to unfulfillment. <laughs> All right. I wanted to, uh, this is Fran, I wanted to say thank you to Richard because um, when I wasn't here and when I listened to the tape, it's so clear sometimes when you listen to someone else. Uh huh. When it isn't clear when you're examining yourself. <coughs> And uh, I thought about Richard. I said, when something is there pushing on you, it, it, turn around and and make the step, you know, you the uh, the other way. Because if something is pushing that hard, that's a big <coughs> signal to you. Right. Right. That. You've been doing something right. You've doing, been doing something right, and yeah. you're so close. Right. That it's just, you know, it's just such a small adjustment. <coughs> That's a good point, too. It's such a small adjustment. You know, it's as small as saying, I'm not going to fall for this, or I'm just going to keep on going. Right? Mm -hmm. yes. So I wanted to... Uh, say thank you and how I was so attached to that um, recording of that class. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I listened to it and I said, this is, this, all of, there's so many valuable things. I mean, ideas and thoughts and uh, the mm -hmm. whole uh, way people were saying what their difficulties were that was mm -hmm. meaningful to me. Yeah. And it shows again our interconnectedness. And what Richard was going going through last week, everyone here has gone through. Oh. Right? Oh, yes. And we can we can't see it in ourselves sometimes. Right. Right. Because we don't want to. That's right. The ego doesn't want to. The ego doesn't want to. Which yeah. is the sign to you to immediately do something. That's right. See now, when you, t when you're, when you function like that, a sign to you, and what, what, what Molly was saying before, when I see my, my faculties dysfunctioning, then you have a perspective of somebody who's unattached to the ego functioning and is able to witness it 
and not see it as her identity, but see it as something to do something about for your benefit. Do you know? And I'd also like to thank Chris because when we had our our buddy um, contact, and I was saying, I always think that I can, there is time, there's more time, and she said, to do whatever it is that is one of your healthy practices. And she said, that's right at that minute, right then, you need to not put anything on. Is that's when you have that idea or that feeling. That means do it now. It's your opportunity right now. It's your opportunity. Inspiration. Yeah. Something put that, something brought that forward. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's, that's a very important point that you just made, is... Seize the day. But you said inspiration too. So this is this is a different form of inspiration. Sometimes the negative the negative but right away there is the positive, the self that recognizes what's going on and and you need to get your faculties, your mind, emotional feeling to respond to that right away. Don't delay. Yeah. I don't think that grew any deeper. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So now, conversely, when have you noticed when you haven't done what you've promised yourself? You lose power, but you also lose integrity with yourself. Because the ego then causes you you open the door to the negativity, to the falsity. The ego is falsity. And then rationalizations come out. Now, I don't use the word rationalization much anymore. You know why? Because it rationalizes what's going on. What's going on is you're lying to yourself. Right? Lying to yourself is much more descriptive, I think. You know? So, you... you, you you interpreted then everything in the negative. Oh, this this thing about self-empowerment. What's the negative of self-empowerment? Fear. No. Right? Or it's too much work. It's too much responsibility. I'm so used to... Then that, that's the rationalization. I'm so used to being dishonest with myself or I'm so used to being so little, or I'm so used to being abusive towards myself that it's more comfortable to stay that way. Is that ever true? No. So the, the liar lies. Ego is the liar. The liar lies. So now you have another thing that you write up on your mirror with your lipstick. The liar lies. What was the first one today? The first one. No one's ever suffered from... Fulfillment. That's a good one. I want to see that on your mirror. From last week, the issues are not the issue. The issue is not the issue, yeah. So those of you who have been true to yourself and who have... Therefore, also 
witnessed and experienced directly the benefits of living true to the teachings, true to your knowledge, true to the self. It's all the same, right? Uh, enjoy doing the workings of the self. Enjoy treating yourself with great respect. You know, uh, it's like I go twice a week for an hour and a half to have Ken beat me around the tennis court. I don't get paid for it. I have no ambitions for the Olympics. Uh, we trained for Wimbledon, but I think we've kind of given up. <laughs> we haven't admitted it yet, but we kind of have. You know, I do it purely for the joy of it. You know, and it's sometimes it's he's cool, cool. You know, absolutely cool to us. <laughs> I mean, he tries to play down to my level, but sometimes that's really hard to get down that far, you know? So anyway, but you know what I mean? I, I don't do play tennis, which sometimes I'm huffing, well, I'm always huffing and puffing and so on, and it's hard, but, and I don't get paid for it or any, get anything else out of it but doing it, you know? And so living as the self you are, is its own and highest reward. There's nothing, there's no reward greater than that. Yeah? So, you know, I, I've said to you sometimes when, like I've asked you, how many of you, when you really do your, your yoga, you know, at home, your yoga practice at home, uh, how many of you really, really enjoy it? Okay. However, I remind you, how many of you who have really, really enjoyed it sometimes had real, real trouble to get yourself to do it? Right? It's, yeah, See, it's like, like that, that doesn't make sense, does it? It's the old stuff asserting itself. Same thing for meditation. There is nothing more satisfying and beautiful and fulfilling and loving than being just in a pure experience, comfortable and without agenda, the pure experience of being with yourself, your mind, emotions, feeling, body, being with yourself. Nothing, nothing take, nothing is close to that in enjoyment. And yet, how often do you have time to get uh, difficulty getting yourself to dedicate the time to that? And you tend to de dedicate, you know, 24 hours to everything else but that. When this, that. That experience is the whole reason for doing anything else. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So, I thought I'd just uh, try to get that across to you. <laughs> so, who would like to start? So give sort of a uh, synopsis of your group's uh, discussion. We can, we can start. Okay. Um, we, we came up with um, asking the person, what in your life um, have you given a hand in what is the result of that, if, that, if they're not giving okay. that? And, and um, um, we would say to that person that that person is holding back um, because, or how are the things that you're doing in your life, are they also innate, you know, like work or attention with the family? Um, is that also, is that, and is that satisfactory with you? Um, 
Um, it seems to me that it's this is not your highest priority because if you're satisfied with an eight, I mean, why not a ten? That's what we can ask. Okay, so th did that question come up in all? Because I know it came up or in this group. Or why is more important also? Mm -hmm. And I think I heard you say something, Dan. When, well, if if she says she's satisfied with eight, right. Then what else is there? Well, you didn't say that, but what else is there to say, right? What What do you answer to that? If somebody says they're satisfied with giving themselves only a rating of a ten, worthy of attention on a scale of eight. Liars lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some subtle points, though. It's like, what do you think about what he said? <laughs> it's what, true. Liars lie. Why is he saying that? Because she's lying to herself, or he, or he or she. I think often people don't understand enough, but right. I mean that all the other stuff is at least as important as this, or more important than this. But but uh, at your level, you do understand, right? But even if, and on their level, uh, they need to learn to understand how has that served them so far in life? Uh -huh. To have themselves not, n not the focal priority. How has that served them? Mm -hmm. do, what do you think an honest person is going to say? It hasn't worked at all. It's hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. Wanted to say no, I mean, I was just saying, going to say, our, our group was more of the liar's lie uh, perspective of, of um, just saying that if they say they're satisfied with an eight, it doesn't, or, or with their commitment at a, at a level of eight, that um, that does that doesn't. That's not true, because um, help me out, Mary. Uh, that the, the fulfillment. Well, we yeah we remembered the the quote from the article this week that that went. Uh, you know, the question is, uh, you know, are you willing, am I willing to do what's required for my fulfillment? And if the answer is no, then, well, what's the point yeah. of doing anything else? So because of my time and commitments, well, what's your time for? What are your commitments for? Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to get to self-realization with an eight. Mm -hmm. So... What did I say to you, group, about what, what, what the case is with somebody who thinks eight is satisfying? Not putting themselves as highest priority. Not yeah. And what else? Yeah. That they're not really satisfied with an 80%. Mm -hmm. The truth is they're really not satisfied with that, but they're saying it as a rationalization. Yeah, which is what Ken says right. to lie right. lie. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. really, it's either 10 or 0. Well, the thing is... you got to be honest. Let's, let's say if it's 8. That means... <laughs> That you don't find yourself worthy of having the highest amount of attentiveness towards yourself. Other things are more worthy. Isn't that, isn't that the right answer? Even if the answer is 9 or 9.9. You see, that's the difference. 10 or 0. Well, 
either you find yourself worthy of living true to yourself, can you say, oh, I find myself somewhat worthy of living true to myself? <laughs> Ultimately, that's not, that's not what works. Now, there's no such thing about, in reality, sort of working is a lie, is a self-deception. See, I... So why the scale there? Why not just yes or no? <coughs> to fool you. <laughs> no, to, to relate to you as everybody relates to these things. This, oh yeah, I'm doing some things from the reality of self. You know, I'm, I'm spending a good half hour a week on that. <laughs> when I can. <laughs> if I want to. No, if they I don't consider like it. Yeah. Yes? Uh, one of the articles or chapters in that first book was um, reality is that which works. Mm -hmm. And can you, you could ask the person, does eight? out of ten really work to get you to the highest experience. And that's or to even get you to fulfillment. How's that going? Right. Yeah. You see now, even to get you to fulfillment. Now fulfillment is a very specific word. I don't, if I have a I like cheesecake, but if I eat a piece of cheesecake, I don't say this fulfilled me. Right? <laughs> no, because I don't abuse the terms that way, you know? I might say, oh that really was good, you know? But it's not fulfillment. Fulfillment is the state in which there is no experience of need for anything more. No experience of need. Or of anything lacking. Right? Now, the, another dimension to this is if your answer, let's say the fiction person's answer was eight, Okay. What do you gain, what do you benefit from not living, not making living true to yourself your <coughs> total priority? What do you gain from that? Do you gain what? Dysfunction. Better children, happier husband or wife, a better house, better car, better job. What do you gain? Better bills paid? More money? What do you gain? That was a question. Now let's see all the answers. Yes. Well, what you gain is, I mean, if you're going to consider it, I think it's not a gain, but that it might appear to the dysfunctional evil to be again, is you don't have to take responsibility for yourself. You mm -hmm. can continue being a victim. But it's not a game. You just said, if that's not a right. game, it may appear. An appearance is not what is. Right. Well, there, because there's no game. So, uh, who would purposefully uh, choose a life in which they are constantly lied to, including by, by everybody, including <coughs> themselves? Most <laughs> but I mean, if you were to ask most people, do you want to be lied to by no. everyone else no. and yourself and then live a life? No. Well, aren't we talking about that? Right now? Yeah. 
do you want to live in truth about eight out of eighty percent of the time, or do you want to live in truth? Period. Do you see? So now, another question to consider here is, what benefits postponing or delaying your growth to self-realization? Self-realization of living in the truth of the being that you are. What benefits delaying that? Getting experience. Now think about this carefully. What benefits by delaying? By delaying. By delaying or what benefits do you get out of right. delaying? Working through the issue. Attachment to my stay in the same world. Right? What benefits do you gain? I think you gain benefits. Huh? You, yeah, you, like the way you gain experience is by getting, it's by making mistakes. So you are a proponent of just keep on making mistakes. I'm not a proponent of it, but maybe. you do gain some things. Well, but you know, you learn not, eventually. He's not saying by just living and learning from that. He's saying by delaying it. So in other words, you're procrastinating. Yeah, but, you're delaying. Yeah, but those are lessons you like you learn. I mean, you well, learn haven't them eventually. You, haven't you had enough lessons of what it is like? Or what are the results of living contrary to yourself? Do you need more lessons? I don't. <laughs> Does anyone? No. <laughs> I mean, need. Do you see? Yeah. I think, can you, can you see that you're rationalizing a lot or helping others to rationalize a lot? I don't want to help people rationalize it, but I, I mean, I want to be truthful. So I'm, t I'm telling you this as a statement. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's true, yeah. Yeah. Now that's not a rationalizing statement. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I think, you know, I've said to you before, what we're talking about here is the ultimate nitty-gritty practicality of life. Okay? And so a question like, what do you gain from delaying or postponing living in accord with the knowledge that you have of the self? That is, living in self-realization. Why do I ask that question? What do you gain by postponing or delaying? Why does he ask that question? Because why do we choose to delay it? Right, exactly. Because he's huh? choosing it. Why do you choose to delay it? You're not, yeah, but you why, do I, why, does it, why does he ask that question? Because, because obviously we haven't made ourselves a tent. We have, we're not looking at ourselves as a tent. Because we keep on delaying You why get you some kind of reward for everything you choose. But it could be false. Let's call it a consequence then. You get yeah, some kind of consequence. Either, either fulfillment or to its fulfillment or suffering, right? Mm -hmm. Some effect. kind of ego, maybe ego satisfaction. That in the Which end. is what they call an oxymoron, ego satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. Right? Absolutely. They're, they're two no. self-contradictory terms. <laughs> See? But we, we are in the... In this, in the culture that we live in, people are habituated to oh, that yeah, way of thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now the thing is, yeah, that's our culture. But most of our culture doesn't even know what we're talking about right now, right? <laughs> that's right. True. About the self and so on, mm -hmm. you know. 
So most of our culture lives in ignorance, really. And it, I'm not being unkind, that's no. just the way it is. Oh, you know? absolutely. So now, the thing is, and that's what we grew up with, with this culture and so on. And we can see how that has had its effects upon our faculties. But we are now conscious adults who have the power to choose, the power to discriminate what is what is real and what's unreal. Harmful and beneficial. Harmful and beneficial. And we have the, the power to choose one over the other as a course of life. Mm -hmm. And we have what else? Willpower. The will to the will and determination to implement our choice. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So for us to keep attached to what the society does and what we've learned and so on, that's not going to help us much. We're beyond that now. Or do you think I'm being too optimistic here? No. Huh? No. So I'm not optimistic enough, you're saying? <laughs> so, you see? Okay. Now, do you feel pressured by this, or do you feel inspired by this? Inspired. Yeah? Because we're talking about your liberation. Mm -hmm. Where does he say that? Because we can turn away from those tendencies and habits that have made us suffer. That's exactly right. You can free yourself from that attachment. You know, you don't have to be slaves to the old tendencies, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I was just going to. You said liberation is like liberation from the ego. Yeah. From the falsity, from living in falsity and living, that's living against ourselves and living from all the suffering that is the inevitable consequence, step by step, in terms of cause and effect, consequence of living in opposition to ourselves. If we don't live in accord with ourselves, we live in opposition to ourselves. That's where. <clears throat> Uh, I think uh, there's a statement in the New Testament about Jesus having said that you cannot serve two masters. I don't know, was it Je Jesus or Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan wasn't in the New Testament. That decides it. No, seriously. But there, Jesus did say that you cannot serve two masters, and that's yeah. what I think he meant by that. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, uh, and Bob Dylan has, a song, has that in a song somewhere. Mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. Okay. So, last week, what was our focus in the meditation? Self-experience.
error? Yes. Um, I learned something from Ken in the yoga class. Uh-huh. And when we were, when there's two times in the salute to the sun when you're, when your hands are down and your head is hanging down, and he said, make that brain work for you. Make the brain work for you? Yeah, because it, it, in that case, it's a weight mm -hmm. that you can... Um, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> That's one way to make water it work. Make it work for you. I like that a lot. Sometimes <laughs> your, your mind or your brain is just, you make it work by just letting it... The weight of it. What, the weight of it. <laughs> help you. <laughs> Dead weight. <laughs> so, um, in this fundamental meditation series, we went, we're going through the fundamentals. Right? What was the first fundamental? Relaxation. Mm -hmm. Deep relaxation. And the second? Breathing. Uh -huh. Continuous Okay. Self-experience. Self-experience. Effortless balance. 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 Somebody said something today about that. Do you see? Oh, oh, I know who that somebody was. The notorious Richard. <laughs> well, Richard, what you what Richard says is is a an example of Sometimes when you think you're getting lost, or sometimes when you think you just don't know what to do, just do these steps, the steps that you're learning over and over and over again. Simply do it, yeah. and you'll find your way. Now you talked about knowing versus experiencing, and experiencing seems more difficult to you. Okay? It isn't. You all can experience what we're talking about here by simply going through the steps that I keep on suggesting to you in each meditation. If you simply go through the steps, you will get yourself into the experience. <laughs> I see this wall in front of me. Don't you know that? If you. Now, I think one, some difficulty may occur when you make things too complicated for yourself. Like if you were to, to uh, require of yourself to experience yourself now as eternal, infinite, all-pervasive power of being who, experiencing, who is experiencing self through all because you are the source and the essence of all, well, that gets to be a big, 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 big deal that you may not be ready for. But you know what you can do? You can be conscious. If you're in consciousness, 
Right? What is consciousness? Awareness of being. Do you think consciousness is, there's this little consciousness and that little consciousness and that? No. If you're in consciousness, you're in consciousness. That's another. (laughs) If you're in consciousness, you're in consciousness. Do you understand? Now, consciousness is infinite. There's no little piece of consciousness. So if you're conscious, you're in consciousness. That's all. So just be conscious. It's not a bad idea to be conscious. All hardship, all suffering is due to not being in consciousness. To stop suffering is not a hardship. Suffering is a hardship. These are very deep thoughts. Let them really, really, you know, work on those. They're all true. And you know immediately when you hear them to be true. They're self-evident. You might sometimes think that I'm making all this stuff up. It's not. (laughs) Do you know them to be true? Yeah, okay. That's it. Remember that chapter, Fulfillment Through Becoming an Expert in Life? I didn't read it, but didn't, didn't that talk about what we're talking about today? Mm-hmm. We're always talking about the same thing. Have you ever noticed? I did notice. Yeah. So tell me, let's just take a few moments. What, do you got out of, what did you get out of that chapter? Well, one thing it says is to observe your behaviors uh-huh. and see which are beneficial and which are harmful All right. and just... Then Stop. cultivate the harmful Stop. ones, right? Yeah, exactly. Because that's what Stop you're used doing to. That. <laughs> and and then have the uh, integrity to keep your promises to yourself. Yeah, that's what I talked about in that chapter. Yeah, yeah. some of it. Yeah. So I should have just read you that chapter tonight. Then I wouldn't have to make up all this all this stuff. That's right. right? Anything else? Yes, Chris. Uh, it, it talks about how fulfillment is not something that just happens. When you can uh-huh. work at it. I remember talking to a buddy, and uh, she mentioned something that, she, oh, well, when she feels so, um, like she's perfect, that she feels badly because then the other person is not feeling the same way. And I said, well, tell her that you worked at it, that, it, that being happy and, and focused it doesn't just come to you. You know, you have to work at it. Yeah, except, you know, the people don't like the idea of having to work at They're already tired. <laughs> They're so tired and frustrated and devoid of energy because they've suffered so much. Yeah, but this is Buddy, you know. We're doing, yeah. It's not a stranger. You don't necessarily have to work at it. You could just make a choice to do it, to be it. To be in that state. Yeah. Or to... to what, to cultivate that state or let that state be there, not by you insisting on the opposite state, which you really have to work on. You know, I keep on thinking, why, to me, the real hard work is to constantly create a universe that isn't, 
right? That takes a tremendous effort. And that sucks every bit of energy out of you and gives you nothing but suffering in return. I consider that hard. So when you come to me and say, Oh, I tell you, I just, you know, I just, it's just too hard for me to be true to myself or true to reality. You're not, you're not getting, it's like, you're really suffering from the falsity, from the falsity attachment. Yeah? Yes? And just going off that, in the end there is no choice. In the, in the reading where it says like there actually is no choice, the innermost urge for fulfillment is always there demanding to be answered. Do you agree with that? Yeah. That is always there, isn't it? You know, and if you if you uh, stifle it or disregard it, then there's an an internal objection to that. That's an irritation or anxiety or a sense of lack or a sense of I'm not in integrity with myself, right? Okay. So uh, next week's chap, this week's chapter is commitment to success. Gee, there he goes again. Commitment. That's a dirty word, right? Commitment. Ah, one of those words. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, are we learning anything significant to your life and the life of others, and what we're doing here? Mm-hmm. How many of you noticed that? Yeah? Okay. Um, anybody have any problems with that? <laughs> I mean, if you have problems, don't... We used to have, at the end of class, they'd stand in the parking lot and tell them all the problems with that. That's why I'm giving an opportunity now, so we can all share in the problems, you know? Yes? I, I did have a problem last week with the meditations in that um, maybe only one time in my whole experience I was I had this you know lakes and going on during meditation all the time and then at night after and I couldn't relax enough to get rid of it it was just like outside me I couldn't stop it so do you think it was neurological physiological or emotional mental what do you think I'm guessing it's neurological. Hmm? You guess? It I, was? I guess it's neurological. Uh-huh. Could be. I don't know. Could be. Do you, how about entertaining the, the, mm-hmm. the possibility that it may be sort of emotionally oriented, like some kind of a resistance, fighting, fighting you, being mm-hmm. just really relaxed and letting go and so on? Is that a possibility? Sure. Which one do you think is more likely? From your own inner experience. Okay, from my own inner experience, I, I mean, I was really excited to do these meditations. and, and Hello, that doesn't matter <laughs> to the resistances, right? That's when they get stirred up more. Really? Uh-huh. Well... Resistance is only 
come up when they have something to resist, right? So you choosing to be empowered and relaxed and being in meditation and so on can be resisted by the old patterns, by the old ego and so on, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not making a diagnosis here that <laughs> it's necessarily that. It can, there is such a neurological syndrome. But you know, the thing is, especially, this is sort of tricky ground in psychology and psychiatry. Psychiatrists consider almost everything, in general, almost everything, uh, a matter of chemical balances and imbalances. Mm -hmm. Do you know why? Because they prescribe, they prescribe chemicals. You, yeah. <laughs> right? I remember, th this is... A, now, please don't quote me and say this is what all psychiatrists do and so on. Don't misquote me, okay? Uh, but I'll tell you a little story that it's different, but it, it, it's an important lesson, I think. One of our students' mother that had a breast tumor went to a, went to a, a cancer specialist who said he would, you know, definitely radical mastectomy. Mm. And even better, both of them. Because once you get a cancer, then it can spread and so on. I, don't, I know this is uncomfortable to talk about, but... And so the mother prepared for the radical mastectomy, and the daughter was all upset and so on. And I said, well, uh, how many uh, other opinions has she received? Well, no, this was it, you know, because it's really a serious case, and this is a top-notch specialist mm -hmm. in cancer treatment and so on. I said, well... I would strongly recommend, and this is nothing new, that you get several other uh, opinions. So she goes to the next one, who recommends excising the tumor alone, and then examining it, and then seeing what else to do, and so on. And then there was somebody else who uh, recommended only first doing some other treatments first. And then there's, of course, radiation, chemotherapy, and so on and so on. Well, through this she learned that the doctor who, who uh, recommended doing the mastectomy, that's what he does. Of course. Okay? The doctor who recommended the other treatment, that's his treatment. And the doctor who had the other treatment, that's his treatment or her treatment. Do you understand? Yeah. The specialists do what they specialize in. <laughs> what, you know? Uh, I imagine there are some doctors who, who look at it this way and this way and this way and this way and come, but many of them just do what they are accustomed to doing. So where did this come from? What does this relate to? Because there's a lot of different solutions. Pardon? It relates to diagnosing and finding what the, what the you know what the core uh, thing that's going on is causing this. Mm -hmm. um, but often we come up with solutions that we are accustomed to, and don't don't consider other solutions. Mm -hmm. And often the the solutions that we are accustomed to don't work very well for us. Maybe we would rather get certainty from somebody else instead of assessing ourselves. 
Well, especially in a fearful situation like that, we'd like to be able to go to a top expert who, you know, who gives us really certain answers as opposed to more questions. Yeah. Well, I think that with you always saying, you know, don't believe a word I say, and talking, talking with Pam, presenting her with some possibilities, it's more like uh, you're helping her to consider her choices. Mm-hmm. while at the same time allowing her to examine herself to be able to make to help determine what stands true for her. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you see, then often you come up with a much more intelligent solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is good to consider a number of possibilities mm-hmm. and then and somehow you have a responsibility to find what is what works best. Yeah. Okay. Um, you had seed seed thought questions. What did you answer to the one? Is it possible to make a lasting determination to be true to self? Is it possible to make that kind of determination lastingly, to live true to self? Is it possible for, for human beings, or does that include possible for you too? Huh? Yeah. Is it possible to release your attachment to false being? Because, you know, that we've, we're so accustomed to it and it just automatically you know, have, has all that conditioning and all these habit patterns and they make us do whatever they want to make us do. Is it possible to do otherwise? Yes. yes. Okay. What ways of thinking about yourself contribute to your attachment to false being? See yourself as limited. Okay, seeing yourself as limited, unworthy. What was the third one? As a victim. What's behind that? The ego. Not wanting to take responsibility. Right. Not wanting to exercise your ability to respond to yourself. See, now I worded it differently than taking responsibility, which we see as a bad thing. Right? But all it means is exercising your ability to respond to yourself. So, okay. Uh, What would having loyalty to yourself contribute to your life? What did you answer to that? Do you guys think about these questions? Folks, do you think about these questions during the week? Okay. So don't be hesitant. Answer what you came up with. Yes. Well, uh, being loyal to self means that you... uh, It's like a loyal dog. Uh, you, You don't... You don't stray from what you've uh, what you've committed to what what you've set out to to do 
You know, you, you choose such a good example. Like Klaus. <laughs> He's just totally loyal, and there's never any question about it. It's not a matter of choice or something like that. He just is loyal, period. And every dog that I've had, or who had me, has been like completely loyal like that. Well, I don't know about Sabrina. I think her loyalty is to food. But, <laughs> but no, she's loyal to me too. But no, that's... Any of you ever had a dog? Do you agree with what, what Polly was saying, that the loyalty of... When you can be loyal like that towards yourself, what's the benefit? Great love, devotion. Many of you find that so difficult to even imagine how to be devoted and totally loving towards yourself. Well, get a dog. <laughs> He'll teach you, or she will. But as a parent, aren't you learning a lot about love by being a, a, a parent? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what have you learned? <laughs> Give me one thing yet that you learned. Well, it's it's about being patient, and it's about um, just being in oneness with with them. Mm -hmm. It's about being with them, and then having that feeling that the totality of just. Do you think for that situation, being 80% uh, devoted to Xander would be sufficient? No. Because that's not devoted. Right? Do you see what I mean? Absolutely not devoted. Yeah. See, that's the answer. Yes? You say one thing I've learned as parents that you have unconditional love for your child, no matter what. Which is a, it, it's a redundancy because, I mean, we say that to emphasize the point, but. That's what love is. It's unconditional. As soon as it's conditional, it's it's a bargain. <laughs> it's a deal. <laughs> you know? I don't think most parents have unconditional love. They think they do, but they don't. I agree with you. Yeah, they don't know what that means. They will only only love them if they <laughs> no. They will only love them if they behave a certain way and look a certain way and do a certain thing and so on. Yeah. No matter what they do or don't do, it does not ever change. Your feeling for them, or your connectedness to them. Well, that may be your case, but that's not. I don't think that's the case for. And I always told my kindergartners that same thing. No matter what you do, or yeah, do. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's that establish establishes a most fundamental fundamental for a growing child. That absolute love. And if you haven't had that, and still don't have that, you've got some work to do. Some really important stuff to take care of. And that's the highest priority. Then that's a direction for your highest priority. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. What did I just say? It's the direction, the unconditional love. No, what, what, that's, what is the direction? What? No, I said. What? Experiencing. If you didn't have unconditional love, then you have a lot of work to do. 
Do you hear what Baba is saying, folks? Yes. yes. Okay. Because when I said it, most of you missed it. No. Baba didn't. Go ahead, Baba. <laughs> oh, Baba didn't idea. miss it. <laughs> well, that, that means that, uh, that getting to know yourself more, uh, what we talked about in the chapter of being aware of how you operate and your behaviors uh, becomes really important because your behaviors are affected by old stuff. And that lack of love is a big, is a big hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what if, imagine a life in which you were really devoted, your mind, your feelings, your emotions, your intellect and intuition, even your senses, were totally devoted to the real you. What kind of life would, can you imagine that? What kind of life that would be? Fulfilling. Fulfilling. Joyful. Joyful. Empowering. Empowered. Yes. Easy. Many of you give all of that up for the sake of success, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Give that up for the sake of success and therefore commit yourself to failure. Mm-hmm. Because that, if that fundamental relationship with yourself, which is the fundamental, is not taken care of, your actions will result in failure. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. So even your, if your ambition is for your profession or whatever it is, it will result in failure. Now, you might not, might not believe what I'm saying because you see people who are egomaniacally driven to success in their professions and they're multimillionaires or even billionaires. But look at what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to jail and many of them should be going to jail. And, but even if they're not going to jail, they have to live with what they did. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not accidental. Cause and effect, that's what it is. If you don't live in accord with what is fundamentally true, you're living in falsity. If you live in falsity, you cannot succeed. I mean, that should be obvious, right? A lot of people live in falsity. And their lives are failing. They may have a lot of money and fancy cars and stuff like that, but they're failing. Mm-hmm. That's hard for us Americans to accept, right? Anyway, okay, let's get to our meditation. There are many people who sit for meditation, but have their mind doing it, explaining meditation, talking about it. That means a mental process is going on, which is not meditation. Meditation is not a mental doing, but an all-inclusive experience of the real being you are. When you meditate, every part of you, mind, feelings, emotions, intellect, and intuition, even your body, has its energy focused in your center and harmony. 
your faculties are in balance within themselves and with each other, and in that union they participate in the experience of the being you are. Be fully focused to have a deep and meaningful experience of yourself. For your greatest benefit, please be in a quiet space, sit up straight with your feet flat on the floor, your spine comfortably aligned and erect, and simply follow Dr. Vogel's guidance. Please take a deep breath and exhale. Cause your breathing to flow evenly and easily now. And you make a full integrity commitment to have all your faculties attend to the being that you really are continuously, sincerely, expertly, for at least the next half hour. So first, true to your commitment now, with full purpose, bring about the state of deep relaxation. Tell your body to relax and have it respond immediately and deeply. Tell your head to relax and feel the head relax from the top of the head through your forehead and temples and brow. Relax now. Your eyes, have them relax deep within their sockets. All your facial muscles relax, mouth and tongue and jaw, your whole head. Just relax. Relax your neck and your shoulders. Relax. And send the relaxation flowing down through your back, through your rib cage, the lumbar area, into your pelvis. Relax now. Relax. Your entire back, relax. Be in the state of effortless balance. Especially relax your spinal column and feel that sense of upliftment as energy courses up through your spinal column, vertebra by vertebra into your skull, and then just let go so the energy flows through the top of your skull, being part of the the universal flow. Relax. Let go.
and relax your chest, your abdomen and loins, relax now, relax. Relax your arms and hands. Relax. Relax relax your legs and feet. Relax now. Let all your internal organs relax, all your systems, the entire body, inside and out. Relax deeply now. And let that relaxation continue to go deeper and deeper. Relax. You can actually feel your whole body now as one vibrant system that's flowing in a total relaxation. Free and easy. Relax now. And with every inhalation, experience that sense of being ever more fully present. And in every exhalation, you simply savor the the subtle rhythm of being. And with that flow of your breath, in this deeply relaxed state, your awareness is naturally conveyed to the area of your heart, your center. Let your mind rest here, in the area of your heart, your center. And in your center, your mind is completely focused on you. And it doesn't, your mind doesn't have to talk, it doesn't have to discuss. It simply focuses its full attention on you as your mind rests in your center in effortless balance. And your feelings, as well as all your faculties, are there in your center and effortless balance. And your feelings are soothed in this state. And you can let them be in a state of clarity in relation to yourself. Even your input of the senses is related to the self that you are in your center. And so, your other faculties join in this relationship as well. So that everything about you 
is right now brought together in your center in a state of beautiful, balanced focus directed toward yourself, the being that you really are. And so you let all your faculties be attentive to you now. And you'll find sometimes that in the stillness and balance of mind and all other faculties in your center, there will arise at times a transcendent knowledge regarding self. Trust in that. You don't have to create that knowledge. Mind doesn't figure out that knowledge. This knowledge will just be unveiled. It's already there. You know that you are being. Being is the irreducible something about you. It's your essence, your substance. It's the permanent thing about you, being. The power to be. So allow the experience of that to arise and grow within you. All you have to do is what we already set up. Let your faculties be present in your center, in stillness and balance. Attentive to you. They are focused in their relationship to you. You who is being and aware of being. Let the flow of the breath vitalize you, keep you awake and dynamic and present. You don't have to feel sleepy then or fight sleepiness. Be awake. Aware, present. Right now, simply be aware of being. Be aware that you are aware of being. And notice the expansion of awareness of being that you are. Being, consciousness, 
your faculties are expanding in relation to your consciousness now. Savor the experience with continuity from moment to moment. The experience of the subtle, all-pervasive power of being. That is your essence and substance. Everything about you is poised in effortless balance in that experience. Not just your body, but your mind, feelings, emotions, all still and effortless, devoted in their attention to you. So you rest here. Be at peace here in your center, relaxed. You are certainly worthy to be experienced. And to have your mind and feelings and emotions bring your life experiences to you. So acknowledge, acknowledge your worthiness of full attention. Acknowledge your worthiness of the devoted attention of all your faculties. You are the limitless power of being, which is the essence of all that is. Thus you're totally worthy of attentiveness, of focus, of experience. And in your core, you'll find there's a deep sense of contentment that is actually inherent to you. And you'll experience that inherent contentment once you're really in touch with yourself. But again, don't demand the experience of contentment. Be unattached. Being is everywhere all the time and thus to be experienced no matter what. And that is your privilege and opportunity. So, Cultivate an attachment 
by being aware of the illimitable being that you are. Why attach yourself to fragments when you can be in the experience of the limitless whole? So the point is to leave your faculties free for the experience of the entirety of being, being that you are. The experience of self is gloriously beautiful, healing, and nurturing, and not limited thereto. Savor the unalloyed experience that you are. Savor being. Pure, simple, direct being. Self-knowing being. Savor that. Let there be an inner attitude among all your faculties of a clear and full integrity determination to be attentive to you, to be true to you, and to place nothing ahead of that. So you may actually determine to give the experience of your life to you not to some false idea, not to some front, not to some I ought to, not to some fantasy, but to you, the real you. To be true in your determination, you need to release your attachment to habitual negative ways of thinking about yourself and relating to yourself. Release that attachment, the attachment to those hurtful, negative ways of being. Nothing but pain and suffering will ever come 
from those attachments to negativity. Pain and suffering and loss of your own self-experience. So if you will, make a pure determination with full integrity to be true to yourself. You deserve that. All the while focused in your center, in the awareness of being. Deep in your core, there glows the steady loyalty to the real self that you are. Allow that glow to grow now to radiate in full luminosity. So you stimulate that loyalty Experience yourself living in loyalty to the being that you are, imbued with strength and positivity, with the joy of being, and steadily experiencing, true to your determination, the reality self that you are. And let your loyalty grow into devotion to yourself. as your faculties are united in the experience of loyalty to this self that you are, 
they become deeply suffused with devotion to self. So let everything about you become devoted to you. To experiencing, living and expressing the real being that you are. That precious power of being. That's you in essence. It's your identity. Loyalty and devotion to that. With clear devotion to be true to self, you release your attachment to false being and thereby cause your faculties, your mind, emotions, feelings, senses, intellect and intuition to be loyal to you. And this grows into devotion. Everything about you devoted to who you really are. In that experience you can find utter bliss, but you don't have to. Just imagine yourself going through life this way, being true to yourself with determination, releasing all that envelopment and attachment to false being. Savoring the vibrant sense of loyalty and devotion to the beauty and power of being that you are. Imagine your life like this.
your faculties. Learn to be part of this acknowledgement. I am the self. The self is the essence of my being. The self is the essence of all being. All are manifestation of self. There is but one self, and that is limitless. I am the self. I act an expression of the self I am. If you like, you could join me in repeating that. I am the self. The self is the essence of my being. The self is the essence of all being. All are manifestation of self. There is but one self and that is limitless. I am the Self. I act an expression of the Self I am. Mm -hmm.